Welcome to Quick Consult, the podcast that addresses the questions you were most likely to ask or should ask in a consultation with an estate planning attorney. Welcome to Quick Consult. I'm your host, Sarah Josie, an estate planning attorney licensed to practice law in Virginia and North Carolina. It is back to school season. So I know a lot of kids are already back in school. Uh, My daughter is starting kindergarten this year. She starts tomorrow. I'm really excited for her. A little sad for me, but also very excited. Um, And all of this talk of school and getting her ready has me thinking about her future and planning for college for her and my two other children as well. So I thought it would be good to focus today a little bit on what we can do during our lifetime and upon our death to fund our children's education or our grandchildren's education. So during our lifetime, what are some good options for funding education costs for our kids? So we know college is going to be expensive. Um, I don't think that's going to be going down anytime soon. So a lot of clients want to know how they can uh, go ahead and plan for that. One great option um, is a 529 account. So 529s are incredibly popular. If you're unfamiliar with what a 529 is, it's basically a college savings plan that works like a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. And it's done by investing your after-tax monies into uh, like a mutual fund, ETF, or another similar investment. But this is all done through the 529 platform. And I think all 50 states do have uh, 529 options. So once you make that after-tax contribution into the 529, your investment is able to grow on a tax-deferred basis and then eventually can be withdrawn completely tax-free on that gain if the money is actually used for educational expenses. And then some states even allow you to have an additional tax benefit. So this isn't true for all states. For example, in North Carolina, where I live, uh, they don't allow this. If you have the North Carolina 529, I used to live in Virginia and had a Virginia 529 for my daughter, and we were able to take advantage of this. Um, But you can deduct up to $4,000 per account per year um, if you have a Virginia 529, for example, and you are a Virginia resident. Um, So definitely be sure to look into your state, see if you can get some additional tax benefit by setting up this 529 account. Keep in mind that 529s can be set up in any state. So you do not have to set up a 529 in the state where you live. Um, I, like I mentioned, I live in North Carolina. I have three 529 accounts um, for each of my children. My daughter's is in Virginia, just by virtue of that's where we were, and we got that great tax benefit when we were living there. But I actually sent up my boys um, in Ohio because we liked that plan the best. Um, and there's websites out there that you can go onto and look through and decide which one feels like the best fit for you. Um, So 529s definitely provide you with a lot of flexibility. And again, you're not having to stick with your state. You can look at any state um, and go ahead and make contributions to those 529s. 
If you uh, do set up a 529 and you start to fund it and either your child decides not to go to college or um, they end up getting a great scholarship or whatever, uh, what does this mean? Um, what happens? So you might be concerned because it is true that one of the drawbacks to the 529s is that if you don't end up using the money for educational expenses, then you do have a tax consequence on any withdrawals made from the account. Um, but with 529s, they do allow you to transfer this account. So you could set it up for your firstborn. Maybe they don't use it, so it goes to the next in line um, or, you know, whichever child. But also you can move it within the family without penalty. So that's really nice. So your kids don't use it. You can give it to your grandkids without penalty. Um, so it's a nice way to kind of set aside some... Uh, tax deferred growth and just hold it there for education and if your children don't end up using it you've got a plan set up for grandchildren um, so that is that is a nice benefit of all of the uh, 529s so when it comes to gifting to a 529 it's important to know how much you can give um, each year so there's going to be obviously families out there that are able to kind of just give the bare minimum. Um, and then there's going to be families out there who are going to be looking to use this as a way to maybe reduce their federal estate tax. Um, so depending on where you fall, I think it's still important to kind of know these numbers. So with 529s, um, because the uh, gift is not immediately being used for education, you are going to be limited um, to that $16,000 uh, per person or per donee um, if you don't want to have to report it to the IRS, right? So right now, anytime you want to gift to anyone, even if it's outside of a 529, each person is limited to $16,000 per beneficiary. Um, but if you're parents or grandparents, then each uh, spouse can donate to that child or grandchild for a collective $32,000 a year. So if you're trying to get money out of your estate um, or if you have the financial ability to give $16,000 or $32,000 a year to a child or grandchild, um, you can do so without it being uh, counted against your gift tax. Um, and keep in mind that that's per child or grandchild. So if you have a very large estate and you have 10 grandchildren, um, then you can give 32,000 to each of those grandchildren. So one from you, one from your spouse, or if you don't have a spouse, 16,000 uh, to each of those grandchildren. So that's quite a bit of money uh, that you can set aside without being worried about the gift tax consequences associated with it. Further, if you are in a situation where you have even more money to donate or give to a child or grandchild, um, the 529s allow you to do something called super funding. And essentially what that means is that you can contribute up to $80,000 in one year, so long as you don't make any contributions for five years after that. 
Um, you do have to report this on the form 709 each year for each of those five years just to make it clear that you're not um, continuing to gift to that individual. Uh, but that's one way if you really want to kind of just fund everything up front, you don't have to worry about, you know, making distributions every year, you can take advantage of that super funding. If you do decide to do super funding, I would suggest you speak to uh, a CPA or accountant just to make sure that there's, you know, nothing unique, the rules haven't changed, um, but there are ways to super fund uh, 529s if it, that's appropriate for your case. When it comes to how much you can ultimately put into the account, uh, there are limits that vary by state and plans. So the um, IRS isn't going to allow you just to throw a tons and tons of money in there in order to, you know, set up education for great-grandchildren and so on and so forth. So they, they really want to try to limit you to, you know, what are going to be the higher education expenses for this um, child, including, you know, room and board, books, all of that. Um, and so different plans have come up with what that number is, uh, ranging from 235000 all the way up to 550000 um, once you get over those limits, then there can be uh, consequences associated with that. So make sure that when you are looking at your 529 plan, you look at, well, where, where are we maxing out here? Um, so if you are you know, trying to make gifts to the 529 to reduce your federal estate tax, then you're going to want to find a 529 that has those higher contribution limits, um, so one that's closer to the 550, so that you can gift more, which will get the money out of your estate. And if you have a taxable estate, um, then that's going to reduce, you know, upon death, um, your taxable estate. So um, with all of that in mind, just kind of as a summary, what we're really looking at here is that um, each year you can give $16,000 per person. Your spouse can also give $16,000 per person, so up to $32,000. Maxed out amount in the account ranges from $235 to $550, depending on which 529 plan you have. You can use um, super funding if you want to, um, and so there's a lot of different ways to kind of incorporate um, your gifting, whether it's for federal estate tax purposes to reduce your federal estate tax upon death, um, or if it's just simply to try to get enough funds in there to properly fund your child's education. And the gifts don't have to come just from you. So if you're a parent who's set up an account and you're the owner, your child's the beneficiary, grandparents can still make distributions um, to those accounts as well. So um, a lot of different people can be involved in funding your child's education if you're in that situation. Another good tip to know here, um, taking a step away from 529s, um, is that when you are gifting for a child's education um, and it's while the kid is already in school so let's say your child's already um, attending university um, and you're making payments there there is no $16,000 limit so long as the payments are going directly to the institution so if the child's already in school and payments are being made directly to the school by the parent the grandparent what have you um, we're not limited by that $16,000 the parent or grandparent can uh, contribute as much as they want to the education so long as the payments are going directly to that educational institution. And, and just in case it's, um, it's not clear here, the reason why that $16,000 limit is important is because if you go over 
that limit, then that amount becomes a taxable gift in the eyes of the IRS. Now, it gets a little bit confusing because there are the, there's the gift exemption amounts that we're also dealing with here. So the gift and the estate tax are uh, coupled together. So you can think of it as one single pot throughout your lifetime. And right now the exemption amounts are incredibly high. They're over 12 million per person. This is gonna drop in 2026 and likely be closer to around 6 million per person. So still a sizable amount. And what that means is that you're not paying gift tax, you're not paying federal estate tax um, upon your death um, until the asset is over that amount. So if you gifted someone over um, $12 million or if you do gifts over $12 million during your lifetime, then you're gonna have to start paying tax on these gifts. Um, in the same way that if you die and you have over $12 million in your estate, uh, you're going to be paying some sort of tax on that gift with some exceptions, but uh, for purposes of today's discussion, um, you're going to be paying some sort of uh, tax on anything that's over that $12 million. But what the IRS says is, yes, that's true. We don't want you gifting, um, you know, on your deathbed and, and getting away from paying this estate tax. That's why we have the gift tax. But at the same time, we recognize that there's going to be times that you're going to be making smaller gifts to individuals. We don't we don't care as much about that. And that's where that $16,000 limit comes in. So if you're gifting $16,000 per person each year, they don't care. They're not going to take that away from your exemption amount. You can do that as many times as you want, just not to the same individual. So it has to go to different individuals, and that's not going to impact your gift exemption, which means it won't impact your estate exemption upon your death. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what does happen upon your death and what we can do with education there. So sometimes clients will come to me and they want to set up some sort of education trust for their children or for their grandchildren. And these are great, um, but this a few things to kind of note here. Uh, so the first is just to be careful with the terms within your education trust. What happens if that child or grandchild doesn't complete the education? What if they um, you know, decide that they want to uh, go to trade school? What if they decide they want to be a stay-at-home parent? Um, what is going to happen with the money then? Is your intent that they eventually inherit it? Um, so they're 30, they, they never went to, to medical school like you thought they were going to, so here's, you know, a big chunk of money. Um, or do you want it to then go to someone else to pay for their education? So just be really careful that when you have an attorney draft this trust that you're asking those questions and thinking about well, what if this, then that, um, what's going to happen if they don't complete this goal? Uh, because in reality, we, have, we can't know whether or not they are going to complete that goal. And then you want to make sure that if you are funding an education trust and you're going to be very strict about, no, this is only for education, I don't want it used for anything else, what happens if there's other need? What happens if there's health needs, they're in a serious accident, now they're restricted to a wheelchair or something like that? Um, are you okay if some of that money goes to pay for health expenses instead? Um, so definitely think about 
how large of an estate you have, who's benefiting, and what other needs um, they might have. It can be really tempting to just say, I want everything to be used for education. I don't want them to use this money, um, you know, to go out and, and buy a boat or have a big party or something like that. Um, and I do understand that. But at the same time, we want to think about other expenses that these individuals may have and to make sure that the beneficiaries are being taken care of in other aspects of their life as well. Um, so education, uh, trust, and funds definitely have a place. I think they work well, especially for larger estates where you can say a large set-aside amount of a million dollars or something like that set aside for education, knowing that they're going to be well-funded in other ways to pay for their other expenses. Um, but if that's not you, that's not your family, um, then you can still set up an education fund. Uh, but just keep in mind that you really need to be thinking about where else this money may be useful and just build that into the trust and just say, look, I want this money to be used for education. However, if they're 25 and you know that hasn't happened, then it's to go here. Or if they need it for healthcare reasons, then it can be used for that instead. Something like that, a good conversation to have with your estate planning attorney. So I hope you find that these tips were helpful to you and give you some comfort in planning for your kids or grandkids or loved ones education. I hope it gives you some good questions to ask your estate planning attorney. And until next time, I'm Sarah Josie, wishing you and your family all the best wishes and health, and of course, the best planning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit selectlawpartners.com. The information in this episode is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. You understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host or any select law partner's attorneys. No information contained in this episode should be construed as legal advice from the host or select law partners, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter.